1: At Capella University, you'll get support from people who care about your success. From before you enroll to after you graduate, pursue your goals knowing help is available when you need it. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu.
0: Grammar Girl here. I'm Mignon Fogarty, and you can think of me as your friendly guide to the English language. We talk about writing, history, rules, and cool stuff. Today, we'll talk about the phrase, to coin a phrase, should you ever use it. And we'll talk about the difference between a dose and a dosage. But before we get started, I have an announcement, a correction, and a quick answer to a question. First, I got to be a guest on an audio drama I've been enjoying called Oz 9, which is really much more of a space comedy. So if you want to hear about Grammar Girl's adventures in space, check out episode 53 of the podcast Oz 9. Second, thank you to Joe from Kinderhook, New York, who pointed out that I said Martin Van Buren's nickname wrong last week in the segment about the word okay. I said Van Buren was known as Old Kinderhooks, but it was actually Old Kinderhook, singular, just like the name of the town, Old Kinderhook. And finally, after reading the piece about the different spellings of OK, Julie asked where we get A-OK. What's the story there? Well, Online says that A-OK arose in 1961 from astronaut jargon, meaning all systems OK, the A being short for all systems. So that's an interesting little story, especially since as I'm recording this today, NASA is getting ready to land the Perseverance rover on Mars. This next segment is by Brenda Thomas, so when I say I and me, that's her. Have you ever coined a phrase? How you answer that question depends on what you think it means to coin a phrase. However, what you think it means might not be what someone else thinks it means, even though both of you are correct in what you think it means. Confused? Well, so was I. I always thought that to coin a phrase meant to create or invent a new saying. One example would be when Thomas Kuhn, in his book from 1962, The Structure of Scientific Revolutions, coined the phrase paradigm shift that has since become part of our everyday vocabulary. Other examples come from perhaps the most prolific phrase-coiner of all, William Shakespeare. The bard coined or popularized many new sayings in his time, such as, "'Send him packing,' and, "'It'll make your hair stand on end.'" And those have been repeated so much, they're now considered cliches. So I was confused when reading a book in which the author wrote, It is, to coin a phrase, the greatest story ever told. So confused that I blurted out, Dude, you didn't just coin that phrase. Did he actually think he was the first to use the greatest story ever told? Did he write that in jest and I just didn't get the joke? Or did he actually not know what to coin a phrase meant? I actually felt a little embarrassed for him. Then a few days later I was reading an essay by a different author who wrote, "and that's just the tip of the iceberg" to coin a phrase. What? This guy too? I suddenly felt like Enigo Montoya from The Princess Bride needing to say to both of those writers that I do not think it means what you think it means. And then it hit me like a ton of bricks, to coin a phrase. They used "to coin a phrase" to do what I just did to announce that I knew I used a cliché. It turns out that my understanding in their usage of the to-coin-a-phrase-saying, though contradicting each other, are both correct. How can that be? Well, to help us answer that question and reconcile the disparity, consider what Ann Curzan, a member of the American Heritage Dictionary Usage Panel, said in her What Makes a Word Real TED Talk. She explained that when the usage of a word changes, acceptable meanings are altered or added. As examples, she pointed out how the changed usage of peruse and decimate altered or added to their acceptable meanings that are now included in dictionaries. Peruse originally meant to read something thoroughly and carefully, but now it can also mean to skim. Decimate used to refer to reducing something by only one-tenth, but now it's acceptably used to refer to complete destruction. Curzon concluded her talk by saying, quote, Dictionaries are a wonderful guide and resource, but there's no objective dictionary authority out there that's the final arbiter about what words mean, unquote. Our tendency might be to think that dictionaries tell us what words or phrases mean absolutely, but actually they're telling us meanings based on past and current usage— but because usage can change, so can meaning. And that's what's happened with to coin a phrase. In the Cambridge, Macmillan, and Collins online dictionaries, the definition of to coin a phrase is to use a cliche. But at the Grammarist, Grammar Book, and Phrase Finder websites, the meaning of to coin a phrase is to create a new phrase. But those resources also explain that usage has resulted in the additional and acceptable yet contradictory meaning that it refers to a cliché, simply because that's how people have used the saying. Usage affects meaning, and in this case, the acceptable meanings contradict each other. So what should writers and speakers do? John Bremner, author of Words on Words, a dictionary for writers and others who care about words, sides with those who think to coin a phrase means to use a cliché. However, he advises against including that phrase when using a cliché because doing so as if someone said, look, I'm using a cliché, but I want you to know it's a (laughs) cliché. According to Bremner, announcing the use of a cliché by including to coin a phrase comes across as apologizing or even patronizing to an audience. That doesn't mean that writers and speakers should never use clichés, It just means that they shouldn't announce that they used a cliché. Plus, some of your readers are likely to have the same reaction I did and think it's an error. But what if writers or speakers do create a new phrase? Should they say they coined a phrase? Well, to answer those questions, let's look again at William Shakespeare. When he created a new phrase, he simply used it without announcement, as if it belonged there. Imagine if Polonius and Hamlet had said, Neither a borrower nor lender be, to coin a phrase, for loan oft loses both itself and friend, and borrowing dulls the edge of husbandry. Including to coin a phrase was neither necessary nor helpful. The bottom line is that you should avoid inserting to coin a phrase to announce that you employed a cliché or invented a new phrase. If you create a new phrase, then use it without the announcement. If you use a cliché, then include it without apology. If for no other reason, abstain from using to coin a phrase simply because you don't know what your audience thinks the phrase means, and you don't want to risk causing them to have an Inigo Montoya moment. That segment was written by Brenda Thomas, a freelance writer and online educator. Many of us have recently gotten the COVID-19 vaccine or are waiting to get it. And with that in mind, one of our listeners wrote in to ask whether you should say you're getting a dose of the vaccine or a dosage of the vaccine. She mentioned that Governor Cuomo of New York often refers to the shortage of dosages for his state, and she wondered if that usage was correct. Well, to get a precise answer, we turn to the American Medical Association Manual of Style. Here's its take. A dose refers to the quantity of medicine that's administered at one time. So you could say you're getting a dose of the COVID vaccine or that there's been a shortage of doses. Dosage, in contrast, implies a regimen of medicine given over hours or days. It's usually expressed as a quantity per unit of time. Here are some examples. Let's say you injured your knee. Well, a doctor might prescribe an 800 mg per day dosage of ibuprofen. That means you'd take one 200 mg dose four times a day. Or let's say you had a puppy with heartworm. Your vet might prescribe a 20 mg per day dosage of doxycycline, and you'd give her one 10 mg dose in the morning and one at night. Hopefully, you'd hide it in a treat so she'd actually swallow it. (laughs) And by the way, the word dose comes from the medieval Latin dosis. That comes from the ancient Greek word dosis, meaning a portion prescribed—literally a giving. And dosis can be traced all the way back to the earliest days of the English language, to what we call Proto-Indo-European. There's a root word in that language, which is do—d-o, D-O, meaning to give and we see that root in other words related to the act of giving, such as donor, donate, pardon, dowry, and endow. So that's your tidbit for today. Use dose when you're referring to one quantity of medicine. You take it one time. And dosage when referring to a course of medicine. You take over time. That segment was written by Samantha Enslin, who runs Dragonfly Editorial. You can find her at dragonflyeditorial.com or on Twitter as DragonflyEdit. Finally, I have a familect story from Cecilia about wax and stuffs.
1: My name is Cecilia, and I'm calling from Oregon with a duo familect because they both deal with my daughter, when she was maybe four years old, she was learning in school about the difference between plural and singular words. And I guess it just seemed to her that adding an S to any word made it plural. So the first word she started using was describing whack. W-A-C-K, perhaps. And to her, that was the singular of wax, as in earwax. She'd say, I have earwax in my left ear. Then the other word she came up with was stuff. And that totally makes sense because stuff is more than one stuff. And not only do we all still use this word, but I have passed it on And many other friends and other family members use it as well. So that's my family story. Bye. Thanks, Cecilia. That
0: is so interesting, and I can see how she'd make those logical leaps. Whack and wax, in particular, made me think of what's called back formations. That's when we get new words when a shorter word is created from a longer word. For example, editor was a word first coming from a Latin word that means to put forth, and from that, people created the verb to edit because it seemed to make sense that an editor would edit things since O-R is a suffix that we add to words like that. So, someone who acts as an actor and someone who sculpts as a sculptor. So, your daughter thinking one whack is the singular of wax is kind of like that. Thanks so much for the story. If you want to call with your family word story, you can leave a voicemail at 83 girl and I might play it on the show. I'm Mignon Fogarty, better known as Grammar Girl. You can find articles that go with each podcast segment at my website, quickanddirtytips.com. And you can find me on Twitter and Facebook as Grammar Girl. Thanks to my producer, Nathan Sems, and that's all. Thanks for listening. Cheers to a great day and this ice-cold Corona.
1: You know what would make this day even better? My grandma's carne asada.
0: Or your grandma here with us, making carne asada. She does love a cold Corona. Throw in some dancing. We can watch the game. I'll drink to that. So a backyard concert with football, food, dancing, and Corona? And your grandma. Or we could keep it simple. Simple is good. Want a Corona? Thanks. Salud to
1: the perfect day. Corona. La vida más fina. Get your Corona at ordercorona.com. Relax responsibly. Corona Extra Beer. Imported by Corona Imports. Chicago, Illinois.